0: Welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where your hosts, sales experts Jeff Hoffman and Cece Apero, answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's get into this week's episode topic. Are you a manager wondering if the sales rep candidate you just interviewed is the one? Or are you worried about making a hiring mistake and screwing up your team's quota this quarter? How exactly do you make sure you're hiring the right rep? Jeff and Cece break it all down on this week's episode of Your Sales MBA.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. I'm Cece Aparo.
2: Hi, Cece, I'm Jeff Hoffman.
1: And we are here to answer all of your sales questions at every stage of the funnel. Class is in session. Mm. And uh, this week we have a question from Liz. I'm excited about this week's episode because this is our first management episode. Yes, Where is. we have a question from a sales manager. And this is a topic we're talking about all the time, uh, but it's not one we've done in the podcast yet, so I'm pumped.
2: Yeah, yeah, Should we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm excited, too. All
1: right. Liz says, Hoffman Team, I'm part of a fast-growing company. Congratulations. And we are forever interviewing new sales reps at both the junior and senior level. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on the interview process and our hiring profile, but I often walk away wondering if a candidate is good at sales or good at selling him or herself. (laughs) <laughs> how do you make sure you're hiring the best sales rep and not the best interviewer?
2: Oh, that! what a great question. Devil's Advocate could make the claim, does it matter? <laughs> I mean, if they're really persuasive at selling you on how great they are, isn't that sales?
1: Yes, but you know what always scares me? What's that? The people who are the best at interviewing are good because they have to do it all the time. Oh,
2: that's so funny. That's such a good point. Okay, so given that, given that distinction, and I understand, look, if, if there's one candidate who's most likely to snow a hiring manager it would be a candidate for a sales job absolutely cuz that's what we kind of do so we're going to be really good at the i mean the the flip side needs to be said if there's even a whisper of badness in the interview you cut bait yep. because this is them at their best absolutely that being said how can you kind of separate well first embrace the idea that you might not be able to entirely I've heard a lot of executives say, you know, the key to building a great organization is great hiring. And I say, yeah, but I would rather have a different adjective instead of great. I'd rather have the adjective be fast. Mm -hmm. Fast hiring and faster firing. Mm -hmm. Those work really well in sales. And I'm, I'm limiting this to a sales discussion. It might be different in other departments. But- At the end of the day, it's how you recognize people that are not really good fits for the role and how you deal with those situations that's more important than how you hire someone. That being said, some things that I look for. First, I uh, love to ask in any interview what the sales reps' favorite sales stages are Mm. and where they think they're the most powerful. Now, this is a trick question, Liz, because I really don't care what they say as long as they don't tell me that their favorite part of selling or the place where they have the biggest impact is in what I would call the middle stages, which is proposal, to the left of that might be qualification and meetings, and the left of that might be discovery. So those kind of middle sales stages, if the sales rep says that's their preference and their strongest area, run, do not walk to the nearest exit. That is not a good hire. Whenever you hear a sales rep refer to themselves as relationship salespeople, they are telling you this, I don't like to cold call and I don't like to ask hard questions at the end of a deal. You literally just heard your answer. So first thing you want to do is isolate what the rep loves to do. Not every rep loves cold calling and not every rep loves closing, but they better love one of those two because that's half of their job.
1: Yep, I've actually seen Jeff do this before in an interview live where he'll draw a funnel on the board and hand them the marker or... And say, go pick, show me, yes. show me where you have the biggest impact on a funnel.
2: Absolutely. The second thing that I will do at an interview is I would say to the candidate, I would like you to persuade me in the best way you can to read a book that you've just finished. That's a biggie. I love this question.
1: Do you do this live in the
2: interview? Actually, I'm kinder than that. Okay. I generally, I not generally, always. It's something I do in a live interview, not a phone screen. And I tell the rep prior to the live interview, I will be asking him or her that question. So I don't shock them and surprise them. I am not a believer that great interviewing of sales reps includes shocking and and surprising them to see how they think on their feet. That is not a good idea because we're not paid to think on our feet. We're paid to execute what we've prepped. So I want a prepped, executed rep. I don't want a rep. That sounded bad. Did I say executed rep? You did, it's okay. <laughs> wow, you don't want to we pay- don't want executed reps. Well, no, we, we like them live. <laughs> we like them live. We like you living, not not living. So let me rewind. The idea is that we want reps that build great strategies and great execution plans against those strategies. So how you deal with my curveball is not the number one thing on my priority list when I when I interview. So I'm going to give you the prep. I'm going to let you know. Hey, when you come in here, I'm going to say, "Persuade me to read a book you just finished and you got all week to read a book, but <laughs> do this." Now, why do I ask this question? Okay. This moves the rep from selling me on them, which is what I think what Liz asked, and moves them away from that and toward selling me on something. Absolutely. So I get it. You're a persuasive person. Can I hear your persuasion on something other than you? Because that is going to help. Also, I want to hear what book they picked. Why? Why? Well, what would be a good book and what would be a bad book? A good book would be a book that you could reasonably think I'd be interested in based on my LinkedIn profile. Mm. You see, when I said, tell me a book you think I should read, what I didn't say was, so I expect you to research me the way you'd research a prospect and come up with the right links on that interview. So if you start pitching a book very eloquently and very persuasively, but you're pitching a book that in five seconds, if you looked at my profile, would know I have no interest in this, I'm not going to hire you. Yeah. It's kind of a double. It's like there's a layer behind that question. And I think that'll help Liz a lot.
1: Sneaky. Sneaky. I like it. Yeah. But it's true because everyone has a story that they can tell about themselves. But telling a story about something else and selling you on it, So important.
2: So important. So important. <laughs>
1: right. So we're trying to figure out the best way to separate great sales reps from people who are just great at selling themselves. So we have having them identify which stage of the funnel, which they have the most impact, and having them sell you on a book that you should read. Mm-hmm. Two things that I absolutely love, two things I've seen done really well. But I need one more because I've seen people game this before. So how do we, how do we really make sure that we have the right
2: You know, at the end of the day, the most important element to sales has always been closing, always always has been. And that's something that I'm looking for in any possible candidate. And since this is a job interview, it's an appropriate place to be closed. Mm -hmm. And I expect to be closed. I expect to be asked to make a decision. I expect that of all candidates that are considering a sales position at our company. So what I will do at the end of the interview is, and always make sure it's a good five-minute window before the end of the half hour or hour, I'll say something like this. Well, Cece, um, I think that's all the questions I have. Do you have any questions for me? and this will be the last thing i volunteer anything that comes out of my mouth for the rest of the 5 minutes will only be answers to her questions i am not going to say anything other than answers so she's going to fumble around a little bit with this and say things like well um what what do you think makes a successful rep here and what what is what can i expect in the first 30 days and you'll say these nonsense questions and i'll grunt my answers blah oh, blah and blah and blah, and blah every single time just answering the question and staring at you until the clock hits 1.30. And as soon as we're out of time, we're out of time. Say, well, I think we're at 1.30. Thank you so much, CC, for coming in. I don't think we're going to be offering you a position for this particular opportunity, but um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come in. and Good luck with your search. Now, this is going to surprise her, and she very well might say, well, what just happened, or why? And I can answer, because she didn't close me, and I gave you four and a half minutes to. Because And I'm not doing that to test you. I'm doing that for your own knowledge. Yeah. You had an hour with a hiring manager and you didn't close me. Why would I hire you to get in front of customers? And that's kind, I think, not unkind, because that direct feedback would be helpful to that candidate to, for her, her next interview to be a little stronger. But if I can get a candidate to tell me they like either of the bookends of a deal, if I can get a candidate to share with me a book that I think I should read and is persuasive in their attempt, more importantly is picked a book that was reasonable given their prep. And then they even have, even clumsily attempt to close me in the last five minutes so I might have myself a higher year. So Liz and everybody else, Think about the things you hold most valuable when it comes to great reps. Think about the elements of people and salespeople that you really reward and cherish and you hope exists within the entire team. Deeply, personal things that you like, admire, and expect from good salespeople. Identify two or three and create questions that demand that they reveal if they have that perspective or not. And if they don't share your cardinal rules when it comes to the perspective of selling, don't hire them because you will be frustrated and you'll wonder what went wrong. You owe it to the candidate and you owe it to yourself.
1: All right, well, what's one thing, Jeff, every manager listening to this podcast can do today that's going to impact the success of their team?
2: Okay, manager, since you took some time out of your very busy day to listen to this podcast, and I hope this is helping you with uh, Liz's question. This is one thing you can do today to, to make sure that you're gonna have a more successful month or quarter. Go to your top rep and ask your rep to name for you the three best salespeople he or she has ever known. Maybe they're at the current company, but it's unlikely since it's your best rep. Maybe that rep is at an old company, or maybe it's a friend or family member. And then when you get those three names, you'll say to your number one rep, I'm going to call all three of them. Would you like me to mention you or not? You see, great reps know great reps, and great reps are deeply protected by their existing manager. The idea that you're going to find some high-flying free agent to walk in off the street and be 150% a goal would mean you'd have to steal that person from another boss like you. Is it gonna be easy for me to steal your number one rep away from you? My guess is you work very hard to keep that number one rep very happy and satisfied, just like that other manager is doing with the rep that you covet. So if you wanna hire a free agent, you cannot do it alone. You're gonna need help, you're gonna need a champion, and you're gonna need someone to endorse you. Who better than their friend who is also a number one rep? You see, the reason why they may take your call is that, Marcus is a number one rep, is a number one rep. They're friends when CeCe says, my boss wants to talk to you, Marcus, because he wants to talk to big hitters. Marcus already gets a seal of approval from me because is a number one rep and you obviously like the job enough that you want Marcus to work there. Go out in the next 10 minutes, talk to your number one rep and find out who they respect in sales.
1: And if you have any other management questions or if you are dealing with a rep and you want our advice, send us a note, send it to podcast at sellhoffman.com and you might hear it next time on Your Sales MBA.
2: Yeah, more management questions too. We love them.
0: We
1: love them. All right. Happy selling everyone.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. If you have sales or management questions, feel free to send them to podcast at sellhoffman.com. That's podcast at S-E-L-L-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps boost us in the ratings so other apps like you can find us. Until next time, happy selling.